0: Everybody and thank you for returning to the Stu Simpson show podcast. Today we've got something very special. I'm doing something a little bit out of my comfort zone today. I'm meeting Lena and Sulsar. I don't think I've got it wrong. Lena, hello. Did I did I pronounce your, Did I pronounce your name correctly or incorrectly?
1: Almost Sulusa.
0: So Sulusa. So See, I've got off into an interesting beginning already because i'm completely out of my comfort zone it's nice to see you and thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast today how are you
1: i'm doing well and thank you for having me
0: so I found you in a really interesting um, – like I said, I've gone out of my comfort zone, and this season of the Stu Simpson Show podcast is all about spirituality. So I thought I'd had to have a little look on a Facebook group, which I joined a little while ago, because I'm interested in many different things, spiritually speaking. And, um, and magic and all that sort of stuff is kind of a part of all that, um, and like paganism and shamanism. So I found you in a group, I believe called um, – oh, what was it again? Ancient Witches. Shamans and pagan souls, is that right?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: And then um, so what what brought you to that group? What is it you what is well, attracted to I... Sorry? What attracted you to being in that group?
1: Well, um I've been pagan for a couple of years and I have actually studied a little bit of of magic. I was in a coven for a little while and then I went went on my own kind of to more Hellenic paganism um but I still have a lot of interest in in magic and aspects of it like um spells and especially healing and things like that
0: so you said Hellenic paganism what what is that
1: so it means I worship the Greek gods so a lot of people will be familiar with Greek mythology like you know Zeus, Athena. You know the the gods of Olympus of that the ancient Greeks worship. And there's a kind of a modern resurgence, if you will, of people who worship the gods of old, and I'm one of them.
0: Oh wow! And have you always? Has that been a part of your life up until this point, or is this new to you? Well
1: the gods aren't like the mythology, the, the stories from, from ancient Greece have been part of my life since I was about 10 or 11 years old. I've been very, very passionate about the ancient Greek civilization and especially the stories of gods and heroes and, and heroines. Like I've been very into and I have always admired Athena from a young age, especially But until last year, I really didn't know that there was a group of people trying to reconstruct the old ways. Um, And I've always found it fascinating that once I found it, it was like, oh, I've, I've been drawn to this for years. Like I've been passionate, so passionate about, about these stories and, these these beings the the gods of olympus and kind of it was a a, it felt kind of like a homecoming to realize that i wasn't alone in my draw to them and that people that other people were drawn to them too and worship them as well
0: wow so let's get a little bit of background about you so I, i believe you're in texas now is that right
1: I am yes. I'm in Austin.
0: So what what took you to Texas? Because I'm I, I read on your profile that I might have got the well I think I have got it wrong now, but that you that you were in Massachusetts for a while. Is that correct?
1: I was yes. I I lived in Boston for the last two years until December, and I I left in large part to be closer to my sisters. But also, I had lived here in 2017 and 2018, and I just really missed the city and hadn't really wanted to leave in the first place. But uh, love can make you do some things you don't necessarily want to.
0: (laughs) Mm. So you moved for love?
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, But... But I, I moved back because I missed Austin and my family. You know, my sisters are here. So I wanted to come back.
0: So you're, so you're a Texan?
1: <laughs> I'm actually a California girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I'm from L.A. I'm actually what people here would would call a valley girl, except I don't have the stereotypical accent that is associated with valley girls
0: is that because you've moved around a lot
1: i don't think so i think it's just because it's a stereotype and it's just kind of a, a thing in the movies that they do to make people sound more ditzy than they actually are
0: so, because most of my listeners are probably from the UK, um, I'm guessing like the the Valley accent is like, is it like, oh my god, like she's like, yeah, that See, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. ah, okay. I know <laughs> something from the movies, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it also says on your on your profile that you're you're a teacher. Is that right?
1: I was, yes. Um, you, right now, you... I'm a proofreader, mm-hmm. but I was a teacher. I taught Braille for five years. Um. And I actually am certified to teach Reiki as well. Um, and I'm certified to teach assistive technology. So I do love to teach. Um, haven't really done much of it in a while, but I do enjoy teaching and seeing people learn new things and understand things from what I show them.
0: So you're a proofreader in Braille? Yes. Excellent. My my. my... I didn't know until I've met you, and um, and it says on your profile that you were, were uh, the secretary for the National Federation of the Blind of Massachusetts. Yes. So, um, and so have you been blind all of your life? I have. uh Huh. Yes,
1: I was born completely blind. I I have three different eye conditions, and I joke that I won the blindness lottery because <laughs> <laughs> I see it as a gift. So I kind of. <laughs>
0: And does and this might sound like an odd question, um, but does your blindness have an impact at all on your spiritual beliefs?
1: I don't know. I don't. I'd like to think it doesn't, but you know, it it definitely. I see things in a different way, so. It's quite possible that it may, but I actually hadn't thought about it as something that had a direct impact.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, because I'm just thinking about ancient cultures and how um, different, because I've got mm. um, Tourette syndrome and ADHD and things like that in the past may have been looked upon within Christian faith as the devil or something bad. And, um, sure. So I just well. wondered... Yeah.
1: Unfortunately, blindness in the present is still, to some Christians, looked on as the devil. Really? Oh, yeah. I went to a church once in, in, when I was still living in California, and they were saying they wanted to heal me of the demon blindness.
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And how did you yeah, And this
1: wasn't that long ago. This is maybe, maybe mm, 10, 12 years ago.
0: Wow. That must have not, that must have not felt very good
1: no and i still get people um you know that when i walk outside like or even in sometimes i've gotten it when i was eating in a restaurant like that they would stop me and ask if they could pray for me to be healed and you know it even as recently as as 2017 like i was I was invited to a friend's church and the woman, you know, everyone went to shake the Bishop's hand and she pulled me up onto the stage, stopped the music and started doing this whole healing thing and trying to like put her hands on my face and covering my eyes and telling me not to be too comfortable with my blindness. Cause I was going to be God's poster child for healing.
0: Oh my word. And how, uh, i
1: guess it's had an impact on why i'm not a christian
0: <laughs> yes uh, so did you have a christian um background
1: i do i was raised mormon
0: right interesting because my, my last guest um was was my aunt alice and she was part of the church of the latter day saint um so mm-hmm. was the church that wanted to heal you was this a part of the same sort of church no no
1: no they just wanted to you know i, I don't know if you've heard the term inspiration porn but um, they just wanted to take you know I was sort of the the token blind person, and because I was you know doing well in school and sang at the church and in the like in both in the choir and solo, like they just wanted to kind of put me in the newsletter all the time and but you know, I was definitely the you know, oh, we'll give you a job because there's no one else left to do it kind of thing.
0: Right. So
1: I I was not outwardly... It wasn't an outward, like, you're not worthy, Mm -hmm. but it was a very... It was still a very clear message. Like, I had one friend, I think, at church.
0: I see, see. And what happened after... um, So how did you leave um, the Christian church?
1: Well... <laughs> um, I started exploring other things. What I really, what really happened was September 11th of 2001. Um, as I, I'm guessing, people around the world would know the, the World Trade Center was mm-hmm. attacked, and I was curious because that's me about why, what, what kind of religion would tell people to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I started reading the Quran because I wanted more understanding. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I realized it, but I was having a faith crisis as far as the Mormon church was concerned because probably partially because of the way that they would treat me and then the way they would tell people to treat each other, but also Things like I, I would ask questions like why we needed the atonement or what, um, you know, basically, like, why did Jesus have to suffer or, you know, they didn't accept black people as priests till the late 70s. And I asked about that and it was just either you need to have more faith or you need to move on from that and move forward. Okay. So it, it was definitely a, um, I, I would call it a crisis of faith. And I used to joke, well, not exactly joke, but kind of, I would say that I may be blind, but my faith is not.
0: Excellent. <laughs> and, and so you say that um, the, the incident of 9-11 got you interested in Islam.
1: Islam. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I ended up converting in um oh goodness 2005
0: Mhm Uh
1: to the chagrin of my family
0: <laughs> but, How how long, how long did it take from first picking up the Quran and um, and then deciding that that at that point in your life it was for you
1: Almost exactly 4 years
0: Right that's rather it's quite quick really Yeah and um and so you when you when you converted, what how what, how did how did that happen? Do you do you go did you go to a mosque?
1: Um I actually what I I went to a it was Hurricane Katrina relief. Mm-hmm. Um it was you know the the hurricane that hit New Orleans and we you know we were raising money for charity um to donate to them. And there was a priest or an imam, excuse me, there that um was you know speaking and he was very uh charismatic i guess i would say um he actually reminded me very much of like some of the some of the christian preachers actually except the message was very you know very much about peace and um like it it just was you know it was beautiful and it's it's hard to remember it all mm-hmm. because it was like 17 years ago now but um i spoke to him and i basically said well what do i you know i i'm interested in becoming muslim what do i do and to convert you would say you know this phrase about you know declaring that you believe that there's no god but allah and that muhammad is his messenger um and that's you as long as you, you believe that and state that then you're a Muslim and that there's you know if there's witness. And so I just like converted to Islam in the parking lot of the <laughs> of the the hall where we had the fundraiser.
0: Wow. That's that's really interesting. So fast, fast forward a little bit, how did you get from Islam into paganism or was there another step in between all of that?
1: Oh, there were several. I mean, I, I went to the Baha'i faith because I was like, oh, this is great because all the religions are united and, you know, one common faith, this is good. Except
0: what was it that? wasn't
1: because... What was, that
0: called? what was that called again, sorry?
1: The Baha'i faith.
0: The Baha'i faith, I've never heard of that. Could you explain a little bit about what that is?
1: Yeah, so it started in Iran and um, it basically was the the idea behind it is that all of the like christianity islam buddhism hinduism etc are all valid progressions of the same faith okay and that when it came to the bahai faith it was time to put it all together into one religion like, where they kind of accepted all these people wow. and not only accepted all these people but revered the leaders of these faiths as manifestations of God, so basically like prophets
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, so I was like, oh, given my religious journey craziness, like this could be perfect,
0: yeah,
1: and that's what a I, lot of that's ways, what it was. Mm -hmm. but then you know there were things that at the time i've heard this has changed now so i'm glad that i to hear that just for clarification but at the time they were kind of anti-lgbt
0: right okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) um and i was well at the time i didn't realize i was so i just kind of was like okay whatever um and but it, I noticed that it bothered some of my friends that were also in the in the faith, mm-hmm. um, and you know they would they would tell them like it it was kind of not quite as bad as love the sinner hate the sin but kind of similar yeah um but the other thing that I had trouble with was that the prayers that we would say came out of a book and we didn't really say our own prayers because these were supposed to be sufficient.
0: Okay. So they had a a doctrine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that sounds interesting. So how did you move all, because you've you've been, it's been a very interesting um, journey so far up to this point. So After Mm -hmm. the Baha'i faith, did did you then become a pagan?
1: I tried to go back to Christianity again. Didn't Mm -hmm. work very well. So then I just kind of, you know, because then I realized that by that time, I realized I was lesbian. Yeah. (laughs) And that made things interesting because I was like, oh, these Christian churches, like some of the ones that I was attending, I read about and like they equated – You know, being a lesbian with adultery and fornication. Okay. So I felt like I would not be accepted and I left and I was like, well, I've always been drawn to this, like to magic and this stuff. And I met some friends who were, you know, wanted me to join them and were willing to show me what it was, you know, how to do it. So I ended up becoming, I ended up, you know, starting to practice magic. And you know became pagan you know considered myself pagan at that point and a few months later was when i kind of connected with athena and was like okay this is you know this is what i want and this makes more sense so i'm gonna i'm gonna go here and i've you know officially became a hellenic pagan about a year ago
0: wow so you see you connected with athena how did you connect with athena
1: Um, mostly through meditation, um, you know, and just kind of, I felt, I feel like, you know, I can hear what she has to say, um, in a, when I'm in a meditative state. And at first I was kind of, you know, didn't believe it. Like I didn't trust myself at all. And I, Mm verified with someone who was doing divination that this actually was the case. And that is who I was seeing. Um, but now I just kind of talk to her. It's kind of like prayer, except for sometimes she talks back.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. So when you say she talks back, do you hear that as thoughts or do you hear a voice?
1: I usually hear thoughts
0: Uh uh-huh there
1: are times like it's rare that i'll hear a voice sometimes i'll hear a voice in my head but i kind of consider it more i just consider it more thoughts than actual Mm -hmm. because it's not physical hearing
0: yeah yeah. and
1: and i i kind of i i was laughing because i heard somebody at one point um ask a question about how do you know the difference between is it like if you're actually communicating with with spirit or with someone or if it's a mental disorder and i think part of it is the accuracy of the information that you receive Excellent. which is often verified because some you know a lot of times you'll receive information for other people
0: so talk me through a meditation. And- ta- me through a meditation that um, a meditation practice that you would do to perhaps communicate with the spirit
1: Sure. So, um, well, most of the time it, it takes different forms. So there'll be times like when I just, I start by sitting down and focusing on my breath. And then I kind of let my guides take over and they will take me to different places. Like, um, you know, at one point it was one, one place that I go often is a cathedral, and it's like all the guides are surrounding me and it's, you know, a safe place just to receive information and kind of a sacred space. Um, so I go there a lot on, on individual meditations. And the other place that I go is a workshop type of place. And I kind of do that when I go, when I do healing, but I still, you know, we'll get information from, from spirits, like, I'll go into this, uh, my, I have like a workshop that has all kinds of medicine and all kinds of books and a calendar and my, you know, um, I can bring people in kind of like remote viewing. So there's a lot of things that happen in these meditations.
0: Mm -hmm. So... There'll be a little bit of assumed knowledge here for, for some people that will be listening won't know what remote viewing is. Can you tell us a little bit more about oh. remote viewing is for some of our listeners, please?
1: Sorry, absolutely. Um, It is basically seeing from a distance is mm-hmm. pretty much the the basic description. Like it is, I can, if if I'm given sometimes like a name and an age of someone, I can bring them in and look at them and see if I can find any thing that needs to be healed. That's usually what I use it for. Not, not much else. Typically. I mean, other people do, but I mainly use it for healing. But then again, I mainly use magic for healing too. So.
0: Yeah, Cause there's, with, I think with the media, um around the world because it's also it's quite sensational when people talk about magic other than Harry Potter obviously um <laughs> then then it's uh, it's can be seen as a almost as a bad practice or an evil practice or something dark and um something yes. to be afraid of but when i've encountered other like most pagans it's all it all they normally work with light and um in good magic and happy things mm-hmm. is that right
1: yeah absolutely i mean i like most pretty much everything I do revolves around trying to help someone or heal someone. So whether it's, you know, energy healing or specific magic, I'm doing it to um, I'm doing it to heal or to consecrate something as sacred. So I'm not doing anything. I don't do anything dark with, with magic and most don't.
0: And it says on your profile that you practice holy fire. What's holy fire?
1: Holy fire is a form of Reiki, which is an ancient uh, Japanese mode of energy healing. Holy fire is a, um, I wouldn't say a more modern version because it's kind of a different version of the same thing that came, uh, that came out recently, but it's not better or worse and is not a replacement Mm-hmm. Like you still have to know the the ancient form before you can learn holy fire. Um the it's called Usui Reiki because it's who who created it. But um holy fire to me is a very like concentrated potent version, like potent type of energy that it's I would channel the universal energy through my hands and to the other person. And between the energy and my guides, I know where to put it.
0: So what would this look like for somebody who's never been, I've never had Reiki, I've, and I find it a fascinating um, subject. How does it work?
1: How does, it, um, well, I would put my, usually what I would do is put my hands above the person because I like to work within the aura instead of directly on the physical body. Mm -hmm. that might change case by case. But what I will do is send energy will come like as a channel, I I will be like, I'll just be a channel. So the energy will come through my hands through my my palms and fingertips mainly, Mm -hmm. and go into the other person's energy field, and help balance it, it can help with, with sleep and relaxation and you know it can help with it can help with pain and so it's it has a lot of of great uses and you know ways of ways of helping people and it kind of it does the work basically i just i'm just the channel and it is, just goes through me into the other person
0: is it, this got anything to do with chakras
1: yes um a lot of the so we use chakras a lot for Reiki healing, you know, to direct the energy because those are energy centers. So I, I always start at the crown chakra, which is at the top of the head because it's, it deals with connection with the divine. And I feel like that should be the first thing to -hmm. start with. Um, especially, you know, when you're getting energy from source, the best place to start is your connection to source. Um, and then i go down the chakras and i look at each one and see where there's balance or imbalance and you know then i kind of can can clue into what might even be physical ailments the person has based on which chakras are not in balance
0: and if um if the if you feel the reiki maybe isn't doing what you're wanting it to do, would you then look into EFT? Like,
1: Yeah, I, I do EFT for things like trauma, anxiety, like things that, that need a more direct approach. Um, you know, sometimes physical pain, if it's not going away, then yeah, I would, I would switch to EFT, but a lot of times the, The Reiki isn't going to like take away your craving for chocolate or take away Uh. your fear of heights or, you know. So at that point, I would switch to EFT and be like, okay, let's do it this way.
0: And when and EFT is emotional freedom technique. And so when did you start practicing EFT?
1: I started in 2020. It was kind of my COVID um, learning for the. You know, it was sort of like, okay, well, now we're virtual, so what do I do now? Oh, okay. Um, well, I supported. I my friend was doing tapping, and I was like, oh, I kind of remember this. Um, so I, I, you know, I want to help her, and I can get some healing at the same time. And when I realized just how powerfully it was affecting me, I wanted to get a certification so that I could. Um, work with other people so I've been doing it for about a year and a half and I am certified to practice
0: and do you is this a part of your business it is and how does it go down in Texas
1: Um, well um (laughs) I'm actually in Austin which is a very um liberal part of Texas or you know yeah a more open-minded inclusive part of Texas. so so it's not too bible um, belty no not as much as the rest <laughs> <laughs> um austin's thing is keep austin weird
0: so oh cool i like that a lot. i'm in I, the right place <laughs> it sounds it sounds good to me um me so too. in your paganism and and all the th- other things you do do you cast spells have rituals have you got any your clothes that sort of thing <laughs>
1: so i um i do you know leave offerings um there are rituals i'm i'm working on you know i i've applied for and i'm hoping to because i feel called um becoming a priestess of athena um hopefully that will happen it's um but it will be a couple of years before it does because the program is at least two years, but um, like for training, but I do, you know, I, I cast, I know how to like cast a protection circle around people, how to, I I've done rituals, a lot of stuff to like some, you know, more simple things like how to banish, like banishing fear and like negative um, energy or manifesting positive things, um, consecrating. So, make like I said, making something sacred, like using the elements of um, earth and water, and then fire and air um, and spirit to consecrate uh, items for sacred purposes. Um, things like that. The the only one that I use that's not specifically healing it doesn't hurt anyone it's just a thing to you know if if someone is stalking me or something like just a kind of a protection for me Mm -hmm. against that specific person but it doesn't do anything to that person
0: and where do you get your spells from
1: um I learn them from other people, or I mean, people can make them up. I don't feel like I'm experienced Mm -hmm. enough to do so, but I've the spells that I know, I've I have learned from from other practitioners.
0: So, does that mean that you're a part of a coven?
1: I'm not now. I was.
0: Uh huh. And what does what does that involve? What did it involve?
1: It involved um, group ritual mainly. on like new moon, full moon, and then like the, the wheel of the year holidays, um, Yule, Samhain, which is Halloween, um, Ostara, which is around the same time as Easter, things like that. Like we would have, uh, most of those are, you know, they're rituals to commemorate aspects of the seasons. So, you know, it's not some kind of like Halloween isn't some kind of like devil worship thing like it's it's a time to honor the ancestors
0: Mm -hmm. all hallows eve so it's the the passing of the the spirits into the into the Mm -hmm. next world
1: Yep. so So it's like the the veil is at its thinnest at that time Mm -hmm. and it's the beginning of the new year for for pagans or for i think wiccans more but i'm not i'm not sure um you know how many groups actually you know would celebrate Samhain.
0: Samhain, yes.
1: So Samhain, it's it's spelled S A M H A I N, but it's pronounced Samhain.
0: Oh, and what is that?
1: Um, that's that's the name that is given to that that a lot of people um, Wiccans would call uh, the time at, at Halloween.
0: So can a pagan be a Wiccan? As well, because I, I believe the word "witch" comes from the word "Wiccan." Is that right?
1: Yeah, so Wiccans would be pagan. Pagan is an umbrella term
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that's used for well, most of the time, it's used for like things that aren't Christian, Jew, and Muslim.
0: Right. Something um, that's something that's not a desert faith. Yeah. Most of
1: them are polytheistic, so believe in many gods. Um,
0: it, and a, a question which has come to my mind is that the Christian faith, Muslim faith, uh, it's and in, in Judaism and all it's generally, um, very monogamous. How does um paganism look upon relationships?
1: I see. Well, it's it's sort of more. well a, a lot of it's more it's not it's not written you mm-hmm. know like that's not in a lot of pagan faiths it's not dictated as much
0: okay so um, yeah so you don't have the so same like, for
1: example in in wicca one of the things that it says is do what you will but harm none yeah so you it's a lot harder to put pagans in a box because there's so many different kinds. So like to say, you know, pagans believe this about relationships is, is actually kind of, you know, a difficult question because it's not one thing. It's, it's not one. It's not one belief. There's so many different beliefs within that name pagan that you, you can't really, box it up
0: so is it kind of be um because you get many different forms of christianity for example Mm -hmm. can it be looked upon in the same sort of way or is that is it too far removed
1: no it's it's too far because the thing about christianity is they have the same you know there's so many denominations but there is the for the most part okay there are some exceptions to this but for the most part, you have your Holy Trinity. Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. Jesus was born from a virgin, et cetera. Jesus is the son of God. And in a lot of cases, Jesus is fully man and fully God, mm-hmm. right? So you have all of these same fundamental beliefs. In paganism, that gets thrown out the window because you you follow the Greek gods or the Norse gods, or the, and they all have different, like there's different stories of them. There's different, there are similarities, but there are also very big differences. And you have, you know, your eclectic pagans that kind of take and put stuff together from all of them. So it's, it's kind of, I wouldn't call it like Christian denominations. I don't, I don't really see it in that way because of, there's not really a fundamental thread, Mm -hmm. except for maybe that they believe in more than one God.
0: Oh, wow. So, um, so how many gods do you believe in?
1: Well, (laughs) I, I believe in the Greek pantheon and I'm not really, you know, there's the, the Olympians that are 12, but there's, you know, many, there's others as well. So it's I think a lot of it is that there's just a lot that you know do different things, and then they there's overlapping. Mm-hmm. So I I believe in the the entire Greek pantheon. Now I mainly follow Athena, like she's my my primary deity.
0: This is so interesting because I've. It's, it's in a sense, it feels very different to the faith that I was brought. I was brought by a Catholic and I lost my faith uh, yeah. a, few, a few years ago. Um, so it's very, very different to kind of... So this season of my show is um, just exploring all these different things. So I'm learning an awful lot from you and I'm really appreciative. Thank you. Um, so I was brought up with the concept of heaven and hell and purgatory and all that sort of thing. So what happens um, when your body dies and... After after all this, what do you go off into the next through the veil into the next world?
1: Yeah, but I I do believe in past lives, uh-huh. so I do believe that you can come back.
0: Do you um, believe what, Do you believe that you had a past life or many past lives?
1: I believe I have. Um, I've gotten some some readings on that before that have told me that I have, mm-hmm. and mm. I you know. I do believe that that is the case. And um, what have you been told yeah. that
0: you were in a past life? <laughs>
1: um, well, ironically, I, I was told that I was a religious student, that um, that I was a student of religion in a past life and that I got um, killed for, for what I was asking about or trying to find out about it, it was... <laughs> and it it's kind of um I feel like it's it's kind of ironic because even now I like you know as as you can see from my my background like I've been questioning a lot
0: yeah I think it's it's very it's important thing to to do that to um, yeah so and a lot of people just take on whatever it is they're fed grown up sort of thing and take on the, the paradigms from the parents and from the, the faith that they brought in um but for us to grow as people I think it's important to question those things which are put in front of us and it, sounds, it seems to me that you're continuing to grow what's the next mm-hmm. what do you feel is that is as if the next step is for you in your in your growth on your on your journey
1: well I have been working a lot with communicating with my guides um and I I feel like the next type of steps would be things like, you know, working with crystal healing or sound healing. Um, So just continuing, continuing to learn more and to be a a stronger reader as well. Like, like um, psychic reader.
0: So So do you already have, sorry, do you already have psychic abilities?
1: Apparently. That I didn't realize I had until recently.
0: Wow. And how does that manifest?
1: Um, it's sometimes in uh, even, well, when I was a kid, it manifested a lot more as like knowing things that were going to happen or things that were in process. Um, so like I knew, I knew that a classmate was going to get expelled like the day before it happened. Mm-hmm. Um I knew that that a bus driver I had got in an accident and and that's why they were gonna be late that day. Like there were there were little things that were happening when I was a kid, but I thought I had kind of turned them off. Yeah. But now like a big thing that I am have usually been able to do is like sense if I pay attention, um, sense when someone has bad intentions. Mm-hmm. Um I've been working on, you know, kind of accessing more of that, you know, more of the knowing and being able to, uh, spirit communication has come up. It's, I feel like it's still developing. I, I don't feel like I'm like, you know, I definitely don't feel like it's something that I do regularly, but it's, it's been developing and becoming something stronger.
0: And can you use any sort of divination tools like tarot cards or rune stones, that sort of thing?
1: I can. I have tarot cards and I have rune stones and I have a pendulum, although that's a lot harder being a blind person, at least for me, um, because sometimes, you know, the pendulum swings in different shapes and arcs and I can't always feel them.
0: Interesting. So the, obviously, they make, do they make Braille tarot cards? Yes, Wow, you learn something new every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, I actually have three different. I have um, Oracle cards, um, which, you know, I sometimes use, but I have I have a tarot deck that I, I have two tarot decks. I have one standard and one that was uh, a pride deck. And, you know, the, the artists that made the pictures were um LGBT uh, artists and the proceeds part of the proceeds went to help the Trevor Project which helps LGBT young people uh you know in need of of mental health assistance in a lot of cases
0: oh that's great I've not heard of the Trevor Trevor Project I'll find a link and I'll stick it in the description once this goes live um so (laughs) what's next for you what do you hope to achieve in life
1: well, I mean, other than finding a partner, I really my my big thing is my business, uh, which I've called Cathedral of the Phoenix, um, in part because of the cathedral that my guides take me to, but in part because of the the Phoenix energy that I have needed to call on quite a bit. That basically says. You can rise from the ashes and overcome anything. So um, this business is um, mainly Reiki and uh, EFT, um, but I'm also planning to incorporate readings into this as well.
0: That's great. That's that's fantastic. So if people want to get in touch with you and perhaps have a reading, find out more about um, emotional freedom technique, that sort of thing, and whatever it is you, how can they get in touch?
1: So I have an email um uh, my email or facebook um I don't know if you can stick the the facebook uh profile link in the yep. description but it's um my name is Lena and Solusar so Lena L E E N A and A N N E Solusar S O L U S A R and my email is um actually created when i was um practicing islam so it's lena which is l-e-e-n-a dot s-a-l-i-m at com.
0: that's wonderful thank you so much for appearing on the show today and enlightening me a bit more about your journey and also a bit more about painism and it's i'm going to find out more and more and more for myself as well because it's it's really fascinating and you're a wonderful, lovely person and I'm very, very pleased to have met you.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to meet you too. It's been fun.
0: Excellent. And then I will I will send you a link to the show.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Take
0: care. And um, you thanks. too. bye bye.